Women's Rugby Pod. I'm joining Andy alongside Rachel Burford as ever. How are you, Burf? Exciting show ahead today. Exciting week for, for Women's Rugby here in England. How are you? You've been a, a busy lady as well. Yeah, it has been really busy. Last week was super busy. This week's not as bad, which is quite nice. We had our um, team club end of season last night, so that was good. It's a little bit croaky, yeah. Um, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I wondered why we, was, we were looking so bleary. Was it was it a good <laughs> night slash morning? Yeah, it was a really good night. It was really nice to kind of round up and finish kind of. Of, we've got another one on Saturday, but um, as a whole club, it was nice to get together because obviously, you know, the semi-final wasn't what we expected. So then we had nothing planned after that, if that makes sense. It was a bit in limbo last week. And so it was nice to get everyone back together. You know, some of the girls won their awards and yeah, it was, it was a great feeling. And reaching around uh, uh, Twickenham at the weekend. I know there was uh, the England women played some sort of team against team stuff, didn't they? But uh, you're mooching around, schmoozing. Drinking champagne and, and eating prawn sandwiches, eh? <laughs> I, don't, I was working very hard. I rushed off my feet. <coughs> to box. <laughs> no, I was very well hosted by Cat Gemini, who's one of the innovation um, sponsors of the Sevens. Um, and, yeah, got to watch some of the, the women play as well, which is great to have a few exhibition, exhibition games on to... And, you know, new players coming in, I thought like, it's a good way to be able to see kind of what that talent is on, on a actual, you know, on a stage where it's not training. It has a very, very different feel to it running out of Twickenham. You're all fully kitted up. So it's a great opportunity for the England staff to, to see some new blood. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, look, we mentioned it's a, it's a pretty big week uh, in England for the culmination of the season. Uh this Friday, Saracens take on Exeter from 3pm at Six Ways in Worcester. Live on BT Sport, the BBC iPlayer, and on Premier15s.com. Still time to get some tickets. That's the best way to support. Simple as that. Um, you're much preferred to be at the ground than, than watching on, on TV. Tickets to the final are on sale via England Rugby ticketing site, with prices starting from just £6.00. Those who wanted to introduce a youngster in their lives to rugby for a first time, the Worcester Warriors community team will also be hosting an inner warrior camp aimed at girls who are new to the game on the match day between 12 and 2. Email henry.beach, H-E-N-R-Y dot beach, B-E-C-H at warriors.co.uk for more information. That's henry.beach at warriors.co.uk for more information. We're going to get inside both camps during this pod. We're going to get uh, Lottie Clapp, the Saracens captain, onto the pod in just a moment or two. And then we'll go down to the West Country to the Dutch international star Linda van der Velden to tell us the secrets behind Exeter's success in the last couple of years and how exactly they're going to beat Saracens. Here we go then. Let's get straight into that Saracens camp, the team that have been there and done it and the lady who has led them in the past and will co-lead them this weekend again. Here's Lottie Clapp. Good morning, Lottie. How are you doing? Yeah, good morning. I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm in good form. Births, it's uh, Birth Towers. It's uh, it's the normal sort of home improvement uh, story. So we probably won't bore you or the listeners with any more of that. Um, mm. but, but she's smiling away there. Birth, you well? 
Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good to be on. Good to see you, Lottie. Yeah, absolutely. I remember a couple of years ago we had you guys on, um, obviously contesting the, the final. But let's sort of seamlessly link to 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 back to the semi final, Lottie. Um, what went right for for you and Saracens on the day that got you through in the end quite quite handsomely over over Harlequins? Yeah, I think um, I think lots went well that day. Um, I think the preparation that we'd done leading up to it um, was kind of spot on. Um, we knew what we needed to do, um, and I think just from right from the beginning, the warm up, we felt really energised. Um, everyone was on it. Um, like I said, we we knew as a team what we needed to do. Um, we knew how strong the side quins were, um, and we need. We knew, we knew we needed to turn up that day and we couldn't kind of go in half-hearted. Um, so yeah, that's what we did. Something Marley said as well. She she said, uh, Marley Packer said, in the warm-up, she knew. Yeah. She knew you were going to win um, against Queens that day. Can you, can you always tell? I don't know. You can't always tell. And I think you just have a good feeling about something or you don't. Um, and I think we left the pitch after the warm up um, with that that good feeling, and I think that little bit of extra confidence that we needed. Um, you can have a bad warm up and still have a good game if you can turn things around. Um, but I think you do go into a game with slightly more confidence as a team and slightly more, like I said, energy and something like a bit about you. Um, so yeah, walking off that pitch, I think everybody felt that, which helped. I think. You said you got, got things right uh, against Harlequins. How how different a challenge, uh, and therefore where, where do you need to be on, on, on your money this Friday against Exeter? Um, I think it's going to be obviously a similar mentality of how we need to go about that game. Um, I think as Saracens, we're sometimes quite guilty of um, not being at our best and kind of our standards slipping at different points in the game. I think an awful lot at the beginning of the game, um, our standards can slip. Um, and it's not about turning up when we're suddenly under the caution, when suddenly we need to get those points and we're under that little bit of pressure and actually being able to do it from the off. And um, I think we were lucky at the beginning of the game, Quinn's got a fair few penalties and um, and that's somewhere that we fall down an awful lot as well as a team. Um, and I think at, at certain points of that game in the first 10 minutes, um, we could have fallen behind and Quinns could have scored, but we were lucky enough to kind of um, stop them at certain points in the game and turn it around um, in that first 10 minutes. Lottie, I know you're obviously a well-known finalist, so... Does your preparation change at all this week or is it very much the same as any other Premier League weekend or did it change for the semi-final? Like, how does that prep look for, for you and the team? Um, actually, it stayed quite similar um, this year. I think in years gone before, um, I think it's we've had slightly lighter training sessions. Um, but this year, I think we've realised that we need to front up in contact an awful lot more than we have done in years gone before. Um, so we've kind of kept those contact elements through it. Um, so Chippy, our forwards coach, he's been really keen to kind of really get us um, consistently going at the breakdown and consistently working on our um, tackling um, so that that doesn't fall behind. 
Um, obviously, it's a little bit strange this week because um, it's on a Friday. So everything kind of flips around and feels a little bit strange. Um, so we were able to actually get in a Sunday session um, together, which I think was really important. Um, last night was um, slightly lighter. We still had that contact element. Um, but again, it's kind of, I think walking through things having time to go through things it's kind of like a um a bit more of a it's a captain's run but with a little bit more energy to it um so that then when we come into we've got a team run on thursday we know exactly what we're doing and it's kind of not going to be any questions and it's going to be um we do this here here and here and then session done and where do you see kind of the key areas you've got to get right? Like you, you look at X and you think, right, if we don't mark this player, if we don't stop this happening, have you got a couple of key areas that you're targeting? Yeah, I think defence is going to be huge for us. Um, I think making sure that we've got that spacing correct and um not getting up off of the line and making sure that we've got a real straight um, aligned line. Um, because again, in the past, people have got through, I mean, you got through at the weekend um, when certain people come up further up of the line and we're not going up together. Um, so we need to make sure that that those gaps aren't there in our defence. Um, and I think that's going to be huge because... Exeter do have some very strong runners. They've got skillful players, um, fast runners around the edge as well. So we need to make sure that we don't allow them to have that edge at the weekend. Um, so a range of things, but I think defence is going to be um, a big one so that if we don't have the ball, we get it back as quickly as we can. How important, Lottie, um, getting really into the, the, the meat and drink of it now, that, that start, you mentioned that start, we saw directly after your, your semi-final, you guys, um, Exeter racing away almost a point a minute in that first 20 minutes against Bristol. How important is that 20 minutes? Yeah, I think it's important as a team to be able to reset and to have those conversations with each other and realise what, what we need to change and adapt to what's been kind of thrown at us. Um, so, yeah, making sure that we communicate with one another and decide what we're going to do and how we're going to change things. A lot of it is, like I said, deciding whether we're going to go in the breakdown or not. We've got a lot of players who who love going in that breakdown and it's a case of either saying, no, don't you dare go in there because we can't afford to lose any more penalties or just making sure that it's kind of a few of the players who we know are a lot more confident that definitely coming out with that ball. Um yeah, little things like that, little tweaks to the game um, to try and get the momentum um, swing back in our favour. I make it something like 47 tries in 89 appearances in the Premiership, a couple of titles. Scored one in the final at Ealing, if I remember. Yeah, the first yeah, one. Yeah, a few years ago in the inaugural. Um, remember it well. Um, 11 caps for, for England. And now, due to regulation eight, um, Getting involved just uh, with with the USA and touch base with them in the autumn, um, and then you're sort of going off post prem final. Just how much are you enjoying your your rugby at the moment uh, for for club and country? Yeah, I'm absolutely loving it at the moment. I think another year it's kind of gone up another level. Um, the support that we're getting um, 
as a women's rugby player is brilliant and some a huge privilege um and being able to also um be involved internationally with um USA is kind of something that I didn't see come in at all um it was really only December that like my friend messaged me and I thought oh actually that could be a thing um so it's come around really quickly um but I'm really excited to get on the plane and join the girls in New Zealand um because they're a great bunch of girls so much fun um and yeah it's it's just lovely that I can be enjoying my rugby um still at this stage um when the stakes are so high and there's kind of so much going for it and I'm I'm still enjoying turning up training at Saracens I think this year um having a few extra coaches in um has really upped the the standard as well so I'm I'm still learning um wherever I am which I think is really important for me um to continue to grow as a rugby player and that's what I feel like I'm definitely doing this year but of course you being you would say that that trip and all the rest of it is, is in the back of the mind because we've got to get through through Friday first um, won a couple of titles already um, against a team who last time you played uh, it was a, a heavy scoreline and one that um, in the change room I suspect you, well a, a you don't deal with very often but B would have, would have hurt somewhat um, just where the um, concentration levels the the passion to not only win this title but but also um that horrible word, which you'll say, it's just a media word, revenge. But um, to, to say to Exeter, no, no, this this is our cup, um, and and we're gonna we're gonna retake it back. Thanks very much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's it's only been a short period of time. Um, obviously, that Exeter have been um, in this league, but we've kind of created a little bit of a rivalry. Um, I think that's probably natural. Obviously, the rivalry that the men's teams have with one another. Um, but the way that score lines go, um, kind of, we win one, they win one, we win one, they win one, um, is kind of the way that it's been for the past few years. Um, so yeah, that natural rivalry and that natural kind of um, uh, competition is just there. And um, so when it comes to a big game like this and a big final, obviously we want to win it for a load of different reasons. They want to win it for. Um, a load of reasons it's special to anyone um to be able to get it so yes lots lots up for grabs um on friday and there we go we'll end there on that perfect soundbite lottie you must uh must have been doing this uh, quite a while with uh, <laughs> brilliant soundbite answers like that lottie thank you so much um enjoy packing and we'll hugely enjoy watching on friday um go well and let let rugby be the winner amazing thank you thanks so much Take good luck lottie thanks Beth, great, great to have a Lottie on. Um, personally, you know, in a, in a really good place, as she was saying there. But I mean, you, you're you're the last last team to to have played them, and the rivalry that she was talking against Exeter there can be mirrored to to the rivalry that you have with Harlequins. Just just why are they so successful? Why do they keep reaching final after final after final? Yeah, well, I think she talked a bit about the mentality that they have. They got a lot of. Um like match-winning players, you think of Marley Packer, win at all costs, right to the death, Poppy Cleal, May Campbell, you know, players like, and Lottie, you've got to put Lottie in that. And I'm so pleased for her to get the international honours in USA because she's such a talented individual and hasn't had the opportunity of England. You know, but 
they're players that turn up time and time again for their for their team at critical moments. Marley turning a ball over to then or scoring a try in the death. Lottie coming in off a wing to shut off a five v one on the edge. So I think they've just, they've got a mentality of you know they don't take no steps back, and that's probably a big ingrained thing within the entire club of Saracens, not just within the women's team. Um, you know, knowing Alex not too well, but well enough from the sideline, knowing what type of standards he drives and what he deems as acceptable and unacceptable. Um, and knowing how they've had, you know, the times where they've gone in at the half time and they're down and out, but yet managed to win the game in the final moments. Not many teams do that. And I think it has, it comes down to that mentality and those match winning born kind of winning individuals um, that are really, you know, that's what gets them over the line the majority of the time. So, you know, I know in the past we've gone, right, we've got to completely take Marley out of this game. You take someone like her out of the game, then it's a different ball game. So I would suspect that Exeter will be having those conversations about how they've got to try and keep those players very quiet. Um, but, yeah, I think that's kind of always been what's got them over the edge, that mental ability. Um, uh, yeah, and I think having played them when they're on the losing side, and having played them when they're on the winning side, you can see it in their psyche. Like you could, you can just see it and you can feel it. Um, and I think that's something that few teams can create as often as they do. I agree with you that that they're they're big match players. Certainly stood up against uh, against you guys. You know, I was commentary rookie. Clark and yeah, we were talking about player of the match and it was those big players. Holly Aitken was fantastic. Marley Packer was superb, eventually to, to Poppy Cleal. Um but but they absolutely stood up. Um whereas, you know, against that final against you guys, you could see they just, just weren't on their game at all. Are they in the driving seat, kind of mentally? They've been here before and we've just seen the the, the men's final, haven't we? Um Lara Shell against Leinster and both have been there before and you almost earn your stripes. Is there, the Premier 15 is becoming the same, that you've got to earn your stripes and take it almost each level at a time to be able to do that? Yeah, I think so. I think naturally you'll have greater experience about being in a final. You know how to close a, a knockout, knockout game out. Having said that, you know, Exeter have been consistent all year. They, they haven't had dips of performance they haven't had you know even with their cup the way that they performed in the cup so they're going to go into they're going to have a hell of a lot of confidence but Saracens they will believe that they have the players the big match winners as you just spoken about that can raise that and use all of that um, experience managing the game in finals, managing that energy, knowing what to expect, the crowd, the feeling, the atmosphere, knowing what's on the line. They've all experienced that. And Exeter have been in a cup final, yes, and they've had and it was a, an incredible occasion for them at Sandy Park and all the crowd. But it's a different, it's a different level, this. And the the pressure and when you feel that Saracens pack on you or the team on you and they've got the ascendancy that's a difficult place to to be. So I think, yes, you've got to you've got to think, you know, Saracens, the way that they delivered in that semi-final, if they can replicate that mentality, the way that they started, the ability to manage the game the way that they did, I suspect they're going to try and do the exact same thing against Exeter. If um Saracens 
don't get on that front foot. And Exeter are one of the most physical sides out there with 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 Saracens. Um, and it's a simple game that you you've got to win the the physical battle. If if Saracens are stopped, you know they go toe to toe. Do Saracens have enough a plan B, C, D to get them out of you know that that potentially sticky situation? Yeah, it's it's we'll see. I guess do do they have? I think I think the way that they performed and the way that they managed, they were very well prepared. As Lottie said, she said with the preparations we did was spot on. And I think they had plan A, B and C. They've had a, if this happens, we'll try this. If that happens, we'll do that. I think more and more now in teams, you have these leadership groups, these spine groups that come up with these X, Y and Z, what we're going to do here, there and there. And I think Saracens, probably for the first time, I think I've seen more of a, like a real cohesive group. And I don't know if that's because this season with Marley Packer coming in as co-captain and leaning on all her stuff from international duty, bringing it into that Saracens fold with a title on her. I'm sure she did that with or without that, but that has a different level to it. Um, so, and obviously like Poppy Cleo, you can see she was helping make decisions as she has done. She's obviously been vice captain a number of times for Saracens. So I just think their level of, game understanding and game management. And I think, you know, Chippy, the forwards coach who's come in, obviously he played at a very high level, um, a, a really tough forward player that's kind of really ingrained a lot of that into their pack as well. So I think, you know, a combination of that, they actually have more tools probably than I've ever seen. Uh, we may not have seen them because they've not needed to go to the different A, B and C. However, I do think they've probably got a greater as a as a group of how to manage a game, how to play a game, how to, you know, make adjustments as you and adapt as you go along. Well, Pinch Punch, first of month, it's first of June. Um so we don't know teams yet, but you're not expecting too many changes, I wouldn't have thought. No, I very much doubt it. Obviously, uh for the Saracen size, Chopper, um, Hannah, um, Casey, she was originally in the starting lineup. But then that changed over. But I can't see them going away from a winning formula. And you know, they didn't just perform; they 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 were outstanding. So why would you go away from that? Same with Exeter. Um, Susie's been consistent with her selection all the way through the season. Um, again, I don't see there going to be any changes unless there's been some nig- like injuries or niggles. That would be the only thing that I would see that would change selection. Awesome. There is a look at Saracens, a deep dive into the former champions. Let's get you up to date now with all the news from the last seven days. I'm Vicky Fleetwood and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Some domestic news from the West Country of England. Gloucester Rugby have extended its commitment to Gloucester Hartbury Women's RFC with a significant increase in funding to the women's team from the 22-23 season. It's brilliant news for Gloucester Hartbury, who will continue to train um, at Hartbury College, uh, the, uh, the campus there, but games will continue to, to be held at King's Home as well. The Gloucester Rugby Board has approved the proposal to increase that club central funding investment to the women's game, matching an enhanced contribution from Hartbury University as well. Additionally, revenue will also be generated as a result of joint commercial rights to both the men and women team with existing and new partners, including its kit sponsor. They'll be both be saying, playing in the same home strip from next 
season as well. Some alignment birth is good, good news. Yeah, it's really good news to see. In England, the culmination of the county season is this weekend at Twickenham. In Division 3, it's Cornwall versus Knotts, Lincolnshire versus Derby, Eastern Counties versus Hampshire in Division 2, and the Jill Burns Division 1 final will be between Berkshire and Leicestershire. Over to France, the Elite 1 finalists were decided, Stade Toulousien and Blagnac, the most local of, of rivals birth barely two kilometres uh, apart, will fight it out to be champions after Stade Toulousien beat Stade Bordelais comfortably 31-12 and Blagnac, who are away to ASA Rogwenac, came through winning 8-15. The final is on Saturday, 7pm local time. And in South Africa, the Premier Division Round 6, Blue Balls were thumped by Western Province 45-15, Border beat Lions 65-0 and EP Queens squeezed past Boland Dames 26-22. Table stands like this. Border ladies lead the way by 23, but a game in hand. Then Western Province on 19, Blue Balls on 16, whilst down at the bottom is the Golden Lions, unable to attain any match points. This week, Border Ladies take the bye while Western Province hosts EP Queens. The Blue Balls are on the road at the Golden Lions and the Boland Dames face off against the Sharks. And in Spain, some confusion last week around those semi-finals, wasn't they? Um, but they, they did play out... So Tobiana beat Cisneros, who had a walkover win against Alcobendaras in the previous round. That was a confusion. Um, slow to update on various websites. Uh, while Ampio Orizidi pipped El Salvador, who finished top of the table in the regular season, 30 points to 27. <laughs> Let's get the Exeter Chiefs uh, perspective now, Berth. Uh, we're going to have Linda van der Velden on in a, in a second or two. Um, let's just uh, go through um, Exeter. I mean, quite exceptional, really, the, the growth in, in two years. Now, I know most clubs are, are reasonably new, but some took a, a base, like you guys from Elsa Bulls, that kind of stuff. Um, really are very, very new to, to all of this. 36 odd games in. Um, and and they and they've reached the final, and they're very very good for reaching a final, aren't they? Yeah, and I think you know it's really credit to the program that they have. You know, the majority of those players train and are able to be there full time, so the the program and the structure that they have in place allows them to accelerate that learning development. You know, build those closer relationships and. Yeah, I think it's been a real credit to them. You know, obviously last season they were fighting for the top four, really wanted to just missed out. Um, and then this year taking it to a whole new level. And I, for me, it's the consistency that they've played at. I think, you know, a real mark of a good team is to back performances up week after week. Um, they haven't had a, you know, when they have lost, it's been narrowly. Um, and they've always bounced back. So I think it's huge credit to the whole staff down there, the programme that they've put in place. They've obviously recruited really well. You know, they've got some of the best internationals playing in their team and that's all well and good, having loads of stardust across your team. But unless that gels and works together, then it doesn't amount to anything. And I think that's the key, the ingredient there of how they've been able to create those relationships and 
kind of clear clarity around how players play and what they can bring and, and using those strengths really well within within their team. And I think that's probably the level and the difference from from certainly from last year. Probably a lot of stars just thrown in and not really understanding the direction and each other. Um, but I think, you know, you have to credit them. They've been so consistent this season. They've won some incredibly tight games, um, played away. They've pushed all of previous top fours. Um, you know, turned uh, turned um, Harlequins over twice, so it's that it's not they're they're not surprising results anymore. We, we keep going on about it, and 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 this week, you know, Sarah Orchard on on the BBC <coughs> puts an article out um, about this, and we won't ask Linda about it. It's not fair to 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 ask the player, especially in the finals. We kind of think anyway. Um, yeah, they're looking to, to to change the amount of English qualifier players in their in their next cycle. Um, so Exeter are doing absolutely nothing wrong in, in any way, shape or form. Next cycle, they're looking at something like 16 English qualified players in the, in the 23. And if you don't do that, then there's, you know, they lose out on a certain amount of funding, that kind of stuff um, from, from the next cycle. Um, but, but you're quite right. You, you can have all the stars in the world, but actually you've got to knit them together. Um, and it's exactly what they've done this season. Hugely, hugely impressed. We, we spoke last week, didn't we, about... Um, then coming back at, at, at Bristol um, and sticking to their guns um, and, and and sticking to their processes and, and trusting one another. And actually, again, it's something we've we mentioned before, but being all over the world, there hasn't been a huge amount going off to, to do international duty and what have you. And especially during that COVID time, that was a, a, a real plus for them because actually they were getting to, to know each other. Um, I know Chiyapa did a huge amount of work during that time just just to just to get to know each other, and you'll know that personal connection when you get on a rugby field and there's really dark times is what makes a difference. Yeah, it it really does, and I think if you're not if you've never experienced that, it's a very hard thing to describe. Um, but I've certainly been in those team situations where the closer you are as a group, the the ability to overcome adversity is not simpler but it, it feels much more achievable as opposed to when you're very disconnected and you can have all the talent and everything in the world but yet that cohesion and that tightness doesn't come through I've been on both sides of that so um yeah and they've done that this year and look whatever the the new reg- regulations that come in with the RFU you know that's what I thought Sorry, Siri's just started talking. <laughs> um, you know, they, they've set a platform that I'm sure and they've got foundations in place to whatever those changes look like, how they create that environment won't won't change. I did. I, I like your series, series voice, though. It's sexy, that voice from that chat. <laughs> this is incredibly tight, isn't it? Exeter, in terms of try scored, a top of the table, uh, what, 98 plays 97 in terms of tries scored with them and Saracens they've got best defence in the league in terms of tries conceded they were 41 Saracens 46 I mean we thought the semi-finals were really really tight to call us especially the one at the Stonex again two hugely physical sides by themselves on their set piece where's it going to crack? Fitness will play a big part I think because of how physical they both are um, which team can continue to be that physical for that amount of time? Um, uh, it's tough to call. Part of me just thinks X has just got more in the tank. 
Exeter have more in the tank. There you are. That in itself is a is a prediction. Look, enough of us talking about Exeter. <laughs> Let's get, get to ladies. Been been there from the start and been a, a big part in what they've been doing over the last two seasons. It is a very warm welcome to Linda van der Velden. Have I said that correctly? Yes, you've said it correctly. <laughs> yes. Linda, so we, we, I've admired your, your, your play on the field uh, and it's great to have you on the pod. Thank you so much for giving us some, some time in this in, a, in a, a historic week and one of the biggest, I suspect, uh, in, in your rugby career. D- does it feel like that this week? Where, where are your emotional levels, excitement and trepidation? Where are we on this, uh, on this Wednesday morning? Um, definitely very excited, but I must say that like this week and also the the semi-final, we sort of just treated it like it was a normal game. So really it was on the day and because it was quite a late kickoff that I got really nervous, but the whole week we just sort of acted like it was a normal game. And uh, for this week, actually, it's the same. It's more like the comments from people or that a lot of people want uh, to speak to you and stuff like that. That makes it uh, quite real that it's actually happening. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a very big game and we're so happy to be part of it. And uh, we can't wait for Friday. I mean, we, we, we'll look back um, at the semi-final, just touch on that before looking ahead to, to Terrasons. But I mean, this is a historic time for for you at the club. Is is there a sense of that on a on a on a day to day basis? You know, you win the cup. You're what thirty six games in uh, as a club side, and and you got to to a, to a final already with a bunch of people from from all over the world. Um, you're just making making history every time you go out on the park. Is is that spoken about? Is is and therefore is that spoken about? Does does that become slightly slightly daunting? Yeah, um, I mean, it's uh, obviously, like you say, it's very special. So, like, uh, it's, of course, what we wanted, but we didn't know from the start that we would already be in a position like this. But, um, yeah, once uh, Steve came in and we were actually, like, uh, we our aim was to make top four. But at, during the season, we actually felt like, you know what, we can actually shift this goal. Like, we want to be in that final and it's possible. So we shifted the goal. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, sorry, can you say the question again? I think I went away from the question. She says she's on call, call and calm on, on finals week and she's getting all excited over the chat. No, <laughs> sorry. No, no, don't be silly. Don't be silly. What I was saying was, was, you know, history, it was a, it was a long waffly question as it often is with myself. So apologies for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, um, we're blaming uh, him, Linda. Yeah, You're always. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I was talking about the history, which I think you kind of kind yeah. of spoken about. But when you're doing that virtually time after time that you, you get on the field, does that then become slightly slightly daunting? No, I, to be honest, like I don't think we feel like that. We just feel very excited about it. And I think uh, every week we come up with certain things that we want to work on. So like we're more focused on um, like we know it's, like last week it was knockout rugby and like obviously the game before was quite close game as well so we knew like we weren't sure what Bristol was going to bring but we really focused on what we were going to change and like on which different things they might bring and like how we would treat those uh, threats so it is of course in the back of your mind you're like okay it could be over after today but I think it's just 
at the moment itself, it's more exciting and that you just want to show like all the things we can do and how we can treat those threats. And like having so many people in the stands only makes it that you want to work harder for them, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And and you talk about there that it could have been all over and it nearly was in the 74th minute where Bristol went over and you probably thought a lot of people watching thought that that may have been the seal to for them to win it. I mean, talk us through that turnover just off the kickoff and how, how as a group, you probably had two minutes left. What, what were you guys saying to each other? How, or was there nothing that was needed to be said? Was everything so clear? You knew exactly what you were going to do. And it was almost a matter of everybody on the same page. We just, this is our shot. We can take this opportunity. Yeah. Well, we spoke about it afterwards because at that time I was already uh, on the bench, but like we spoke about it afterwards, but everybody was on the same page. Like, even when we were sitting on the bench, like, obviously we were scared, but I did have a feeling like we can, we can still do this. And I feel like we all knew, like, we're going to kick for touch. We're good at mole. This is our shot. And like, the game is not over until like the referee blows his whistle. So we, we definitely like not in an arrogant way, but we didn't feel like the game was already slipped. We definitely still had that opportunity but at the end of the day, you're chasing a game. So you're also, of course, scared of making a wrong decision. But no, I think everybody immediately was on the same page. Like, we're going to score this try and we're going to that final. And has that been spoken about this week? Because obviously with history, with Saracens, they, they come very good second half. They can come back from, you know, bad starts. And obviously the way that you guys started that, fi- that semi-final blew Blith Bristol away. And then they managed to come back in the second half. So has there been some talk about how you manage both halves for this weekend? Yeah. So like after the game, uh, I think the Monday after or Tuesday after, we had a meeting with analysis and like with our leaders on the field. And we just spoke about like the momentum shifts and like decisions we made in that game and like what we could do differently the next time. And then we uh, spoke about Saracens, but then uh, about their threats and how we're going to play those game, play the game and like things that could happen and how we would react to that. But then this week, it's mostly like been fully focused on us. And like on Monday, Steve also was saying like that it's important that we manage our uh, emotions and manage like our energy. So not he was like when I drove down to training on Monday I felt like I already played the game in my mind and he was mm-hmm. like I just want to make sure that people put their emotion and focuses and energies like during training of course but like for the days that were off make sure you really take that time off so that you're fully uh, ready for the game on Friday so we've actually been more focused on that yeah, Stu Selvin, the uh, the one of your new forwards coaches, coming here this year, hasn't he? Um, has obviously made made quite an impression. Talk to us about about Susie Appleby. Just what uh, a driving force she is, obviously within this Exeter team. Yeah, Susie uh, is very energetic. I think like what's great about her is that uh, when she comes up or like when she explains the what we're gonna do, or even during an analysis, like how we can do different things differently. She can really bring that in an energetic way that you almost immediately want to go on the field and like, uh, is it put it to practice? So like, um, I think that's a great way. And obviously she has uh, amazing knowledge about the game and uh, her together with Steve uh, have brought us this far. 
Um, and I think also what's great about Susie is that she's really good at uh, recruiting people. I think the way she recruited players towards Exeter Chiefs uh, has been amazing because uh, even uh, last year, uh, she put a team together with people that didn't know each other. And like we all really feel like a family now. So I think that's also been a great part as a coach of her to the team. What about Saracens then? Um, they've been here before. They've They've got the T-shirt. They've got the mug, all the rest of it. Um, a betting man would say you'd be silly to to bet against them, probably because of that. But but you're on a well, I think seven in a row now games um, that, that that you've won. Um, you you should hold no fear in this final, should you? Um, no, I think like we know how great of a team Saracens is, and they pro- they've played the finals before, so like I guess have more of that experience. But I think. If we look at our team, we have amazing threats all over the park. So I think it can, it should be a close game. And obviously, hopefully it uh, goes our way. But I think there's definitely opportunities for us there. So it should be a great final for both teams. Well, one last one for me, if that's all right. You, you mentioned the word, word family there. And, and, and it's banded around a lot in, in rugby, isn't it? Um, but as you say... Susie's recruitment from from players from sort of all corners of, of the globe. Um, how much of that is driving this forward? Obviously, and you're talking about Steve Selvin there, um, adding some some real detail. You've spoken about Susie, but but you as players, the coaches can only do so much. When when you're on the park, it, it's down to you, players. How much of that that family element, that spirit in coming back against Bristol, that kind of stuff, do, do you put down this this meteoric rise to such a new club? Um, I think it's it's very important part and uh, obviously we have a lot of foreigners so we have like 10 different cultures within our team and that also means that a lot of us don't have family here or friends here outside of the club that we go to on the weekend so really we are together and we hang out a lot together we're very lucky to have like a lot of accommodation very close to Sandy Park so everybody lives very close to the stadium as well so we actually most of the time meet up before training or on the weekend or do stuff after the game. So um, that really makes us sort of like a second family because like we don't have the family members uh, here because we are abroad. So I think that also is a big part of that. We really want to work for each other on the field and really want to work hard. And that actually is funny because it has been from the start because last year, obviously with COVID, we weren't able to go somewhere together but then like Emily Titosi, the Canadian, she would organize Zoom calls. So in sometimes on days off on Friday mornings, we would have coffee together to actually get to know each other because like we couldn't really do anything. And we knew how important that part of playing on the field and finding each other on the field was as well. So I think that also is a very important part of Exeter Chiefs and why we are in the final because we're quite close team. Yeah. Awesome. Now, I'm very, very conscious of your, your time and you know, a few, few, literally a few days away from the final. So we'll, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very, very much indeed. Um, go well. Really appreciate your time this morning um, and all, all the best. And as I said to, to Lottie Clapp a moment ago, um, let rugby be the winner. <laughs> it's not how they see it, Johnny. <laughs> Indeed, but we've got, Linda. We've got to be, we've got to be uh, down, down the middle on this pod, haven't we? So uh, no, go well and uh, yeah, hope, you, hope it's a great game. Yes, thank you for inviting me. 
I'm Kate Zachary, and you are listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Well, there we go. A hugely exciting uh, Friday ahead here in England. Just to remind you, South Africa's Exeter Chiefs in the Premier 15's final three o'clock. Six ways of Worcester live on BT Sport, BBC iPlayer and Premier15s.com. Um, you've still got a chance to, to get some tickets. They're on sale via the England Rugby ticketing site with prices starting at just £6. You're going to uh, go for Exeter. I'm going to go for Saracens. Uh, so those are the predictions done and dusted. Just a few shout-outs to, to finish up with their birth. Yeah, we need to give a big up to Finland, who have won their first test in 13 years. Finland beat Switzerland to end the third, end third in the European trophy, despite being beaten by Switzerland in all of the four previous meetings. Fin- Finland have turned the tables on Switzerland in their final game of the European trophy, a 12 try, so an 80 nil victory in Parvu. Parvu, you, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, talk about. Uh... Yeah, doing it in style. Haven't won a test for eight, 13 years and then win one 80-0. And big up to Estonia, who will field its first ever international women's team this week when its seven team travels to Belgrade to compete in the Rugby Europe Sevens Conference. Led by a familiar face, Graham Smith, that well-known Sevens coach. <laughs> And the versatile French forward Kumba Diallo retires after 11 years, winning 50 caps and two Grand Slams in the process. Good luck in your next steps. Indeed, so at time uh, this season, we get a, a few retirements. Petita Garcia last week, um, and another time much closer to home for you, Fee Fletcher, birth uh, cap twice. Um, Against Italy in 2012 and South Africa in 2013, formerly of Richmond, then she made the move to Harlequins for the. In the inaugural season, playing 88 times in the quarters, including winning a Premier 15s title. What a player. The I think he's doing a, a Premier 15s team since it started. I, I, she would 100% be, be in the conversation, if not in that 23 for me. Yeah, I think, you know, you say what a player, but just what a person. She's just such a, a great individual to have in your team, such a workhorse, you know, the amount of time and effort she's put into at Harlequins and to see her go, like, you know, we're we're gutted. There is no replacement for her, for somebody who, you know, you, you when you've got a team full of incredible internationals, you need your strong club people that really ground you are there week in week out and she's done that in abundance and she's been a real leader within our side and yeah she's going to be really sorely missed indeed all the best to to you fee that's about it for a another week birth a couple of days out from the premier 15's final looking forward to it next week we'll have some reaction obviously to to that final and look ahead to the summer as well but a huge thank you to Saracen's co-captain Lottie Clapp, to Linda van der Velden, to you, Berv, to Tom and to Vicky in the wings doing all the bits and pieces. Thank you to you for listening. Uh, rate and subscribe as ever. And all the best to Saracen's and Exeter. Until next time.